Welcome to Retail Nightmares Podcast. My name is Alicia Tobin. I'm here with my co-host, Jessica Delisle. I have no lips. What? <laughs> you I need s- some of those uh, gummy hot lips. Mm, I sold my lips. For how much? <laughs> $69. Really? 420 cents. You could have gotten, I think, the opposite, $420 <sighs> or 69 cents. I'm not a shrewd business person. I made a joke about being tired of talking about legalizing cannabis in Canada this week. Ugh. I was like, how much longer? And someone wrote back 420 days. And I was like, zingo, zongo, <laughs> you win. <laughs> um, today's guest, we really have like a famous person on today. He's a very well-known Canadian writer, historian, very funny man, uh, Will Ferguson. He's also devastatingly handsome for the listener. <laughs> oh, I know you can't see him. Now. But and he melted three microphones <laughs> with his handsomeness. It was very expensive. Please donate to our Patreon yeah. account. Yeah, quite devastating financially. I also brought us really good treats. So we're, I'm hopped up on cider and sugar. I'm quite full. And <laughs> for the you. listener, I'm a tiny bit drunk on half of a glass of cider at two at 1 p.m. Ish, 12.30. I don't even know what time it is. It's 12.28. So, Will, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Welcome to Vancouver. Bienvenue. Yes. Thank you very much. You spent a lot of time in Vancouver. Any impressions to share with a listener? Oh, Vancouver is its own ecosystem. I don't know how the city uh, supports itself. I, I still don't understand how the city works. Like, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> everybody's a part-time barista and they've all... There's no full-time work. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, like you can't all be selling dope to each other to make a living, right? That that's not you that can. doesn't work, right? Financially. <laughs> We're trying. Weirdly enough, you kind of can. <laughs> but if like he sells dope to him and then he sells dope to her and then she like We're that's not, not smart. logical, right? <laughs> We're not smart. But anyway, so it's it's like uh, Vancouver for me is like the bumblebee of cities. You know, the they tell you that a bee shouldn't be allowed able to fly. Like a bumblebee aerodynamically oh, should not be able to fly. Yeah. And it still does. So Vancouver so should not work. But somehow it does. So it's the bumblebee. Just barely. <laughs> it's working for a very small percent of people. Yeah. And they true. own us. <laughs> yeah. They're our overlords. Yeah. They're our landowners. Landlords. <laughs> yeah. They're landlords. Yeah. And they live That's over us. I like how people say the word landlord. Yeah. Vancouver, there's like their voice drops. It's so just... like feudal sounding. It it's, is. Yeah. Lord That's exactly of the what land. I was thinking of. Yeah. It's like our peasants, we're peasants just working the land. We're in indentured servitude and. Uh, These are my blood carrots. It's a living. <laughs> Blood carrots? Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Devlin, John past Devlin. guest, a uh, brilliant person, uh, worked uh, in indentured servitude. Yeah. Above a video store. And cafe. And cafe. And he was forced to feed the do- the owner's very aggressive pit bull. And he was told by the owner he had to dip <laughs> carrots in blood. Anyway. And he had bunnies at the time. Blood. Oh, yeah. Blood. So blood carrots. It's like blood Which diamonds, but than, worse. But he, worse, yeah. he lived, well, no. He, like, <laughs> he basically got free rent for working there. Yeah, but he had like 80 hours a week. He had to deal with blood carrots. <laughs> yeah. It's a trade-off. So it's a living. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to be here because I come here under semi-false pretenses. Oh, gosh. And uh, I come here to share my, my wisdom, generational wisdom. In case you're wondering if shitty retail jobs are a new thing, they're not. <laughs> I can tell you they, they've been. But also... To apologize to Alicia in person. I don't know what's happening here. No, she doesn't know what's happening. uh, And you can feel free to edit this out if you want. (laughs) But uh, no, um, so Alicia, I I met Alicia years and years ago in Northern Ireland. That's right. On a beach in Northern Ireland. Beautiful, beautiful beach. Yes, because Graham Clark was, I'm I'm Graham's dad and I are like third cousins, second, twice removed. 
So Graham is descended from, um, there was a, a fellow who had two families, a bigamist. He had two different families. Oh my goodness. Graham, is, Graham, surprisingly, is descended from the legitimate line. Oh. And I'm from the illegitimate, oh. the, the dark side. So I, I met you in Northern Ireland the first time. That's right. right? And I only see you now and then. So it'd been quite a while. And then I ran into you, well, not ran into you, but we were at uh, Patrick's wedding. So Graham's younger brother's wedding in Calgary, you were yeah, there. Yeah. And Terami, my wife's there, and Terami and Alicia get along really well, I think. Yeah. And uh, so, <laughs> <Yes>. I, <laughs> so we're at the wedding. So, uh, and I, I see Alicia now, understand that I'm a middle aged guy who's out of the loop. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what <laughs> cool things are going on in the world. I don't know what people are up to, what they're doing, where they're doing it, it what's great. going on. So I see Alicia, and what I want, I don't know if you've ever had that experience where there's, what you know? What you think you're gonna say, and then what comes out is really different. Every day of my life, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Right? So you know, that I, feeling. we have a whole podcast dedicated yeah. to that. <laughs> you know that feeling, right? So I see Alicia, and I'm like, so what I want to ask is, Alicia, it's been a long time. It's been years. What have you been up to? Are you involved in entertainment? Like, what's going on in your world? How it comes out <laughs> is, I say, Alicia, are you still doing stand up? And Alicia goes, Yeah. And I go. Okay then. And then later I say to Terry, I said, that sounded that sounded kind of rude. Do you think that was rude? No. And Terry goes, Yeah. But she thinks everything I do is rude. <laughs> okay. But it always bugged me. This bugged me and bugged wow. me. And it just started to bug me and don't even I, remember this. No, well, thank you for saying that. Because I thought that's kind of rude to say that. Are you still, you know, I whatever? I was probably wondering when the dessert was coming. I was <laughs> yeah. not like, I can't talk. I got to focus. Well, years later, I'm in Vancouver. I'm doing an event at uh, Simon Fraser, a panel, and there's Ryan McMahon. Right. Is there. Really nice guy. A comedian, stand-up comedian. So I, I, uh, we're having dinner later, and he's beside me. So I thought, well, this is my chance to see if that was like. <laughs> so I say, hey Ryan, I have a question for you. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you know, Alicia Tobin. He goes, yeah. I said, well, I met her after all these years. Blah blah blah. I wanted to find it, catch up. And but what I said was, are you still doing stand-up? And do you think that was like? Do you think that was rude? And Ryan looks at me. and He goes. You're an asshole. <laughs> I'm like, well, no, that's not what I meant. He goes, what did Alicia say? And I said, she just said, yeah. And he said, ah, she was being polite. Here's what she should have said. He gave five insults Whoa. in a row that you should have said to me. Why? One Whoa. of them was, you still type in your little bookie books? Are you still, <laughs> you still writing? Like you and I was like, so yeah. So Ryan, on, on your behalf, came up with like five things right wow. now. Here's what she should have said. Zingers. So I come here to apologize what? for that. Is that. But I'm glad to hear that it didn't bother you because it's been this has been like at least two years i was also so drunk oh maybe that's what it was, <laughs> I was but so, i was hoping so ryan drunk. would say oh don't oh will it's nothing but he just looked at me and he, yeah you're an asshole will so oh my god anyway will, so i come that here did not happen none of that happened for me <laughs> when I'm people so ask me if i still do stand up it is more like a i guess like i probably at that time was just finishing i was thinking really a lot at that time of why am i still doing stand up and i also was probably thinking about dessert and also <laughs> that at patrick's was it Patrick's wedding or was it Dan's wedding? It was, it was Dan's wedding. Oh, you're right. I'm getting the the, the Clarks mixed up. You're right, very, it was Dan's they, wedding. They all look very similar. You're right, it wasn't Patrick. Um, they they are clearly a family unit. I don't yes. know if you've seen the picture in there going up their stairs with all the boys in the Irish sweaters. Yes. Good Lord. I think Graham grew a beard just so you could distinguish him from his brothers. <laughs> yeah. um, I was really tired. And had wanted to get a hotel room and had like a full, like Graham's my best friend. And also we bully each other. And I was like, I want to get a hotel room. And he's like, that is a waste of money. Uh, you can stay at my parents' house, which is lovely. It is like staying in a hotel. Plus Trish and John are, are the greatest, but I was really tired. So I didn't say no, like, in the, like, yes, I said yes. But I was like, probably was 
don't have just I'm not the most social person. <laughs> well, I feel better. But you were not was, being rude. Well, no. just, but and this why is, would I say keep writing in your bookie book? <laughs> well, it just seems. Well, no, Ryan has a point that you don't say to some so are you still blank? Whatever it is. Are you still, you know, yeah, you do. Still acting? Are you still You're still making music? People ask me that all okay. the time if yeah. I haven't seen them in a long time. Anyway. Or well, like you did nothing wrong. Oh, well, thank. I feel better because my wife thought I was rude. Ryan was hilarious, by the way. And he's, he, had your, he had your back, by the way, in case you're wondering. Ryan McMahon has got your back. I so. think people are just <laughs> razzing you because you're being too overly considerate. Yeah, I well, think just, that's I think, it too. I think it would have bothered me if someone had said, so are you still writing? It would have bugged me if yeah. he had said, so well, Will, are you still writing? still writing. You're well, producing books. If no one knows the... if I'm still going to a little mountain gallery to do 10 minutes on how much I love dogs or ham. I don't know. <laughs> if like, you're in that world, you ham. would, right? People, there's people who don't know what I'm I doing. bet a lot of comedians are like, I wonder if Alicia's still doing stand-up. <laughs> yeah, because you're doing it in your own way. Like, you're not playing yeah, the game. I never once thought of that moment as rude. Oh, good. <laughs> how long ago was I this, always too? Really, like two years ago. This really like t- enjoyed the company of you and your wife, so I probably was feeling a bit shy, too. Well, Terry is like, and like honestly, I said, like there wasn't one gluten-free dessert, and I was like having a meltdown <laughs> because. Uh, so I see the connection here. I get like crazy around food. I there was poutine. There was a poutine bar, and I was <gasps> just right. like pacing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth because it wasn't. <laughs> I was like, people would come out, and I'd just standing beside it. Everyone else was dying, <laughs> dancing, and I was just staring at this poutine bar. You were asking it to dance, basically, <laughs> and I kept like asking up. him, like, "Does anyone think this is gluten-free?" And everyone would just shout, like, "No." <laughs> Oh, then I drank a bunch. Terry will be happy to hear that because she. <laughs> no, but, but like I said, Terry thinks everything I do is just like she thinks I walk through life just. But she's also Japanese, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should explain she's Japanese, so she has much more sense of decorum. Yeah, uh, so and also not, I'm not just a Canadian guy. I'm like Northern Alberta Canadian guy. So we've got like we are we are so lacking in couth. Like it's not uncouth. <laughs> it's like below uncouth. It's. Whatever the next level lower than uncouth is, is us. You do have a real like classic Canadian accent, which I like. Yeah. Oh, do I? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I've started but nobody, being able to- nobody finds a, tra- a Canadian accent sexy. Like, they're not even as a fetish. There's no one out there like, you're not <laughs> traveling in Europe like, ooh la la, did you hear the Canadian accent? That's so like, true. Like, it doesn't work. It's, I know. There's a South African uh, man at work and like everyone just walks away and they're like, his voice is so beautiful. Or I don't know. Like- I speak almost exclusively to Americans all day long now, so now I can hear Canadians for the first time ever because oh, I'm used to that. listening to Americans and uh, their accents are like wild. But okay, then I, so you grew up in Montreal and you grew up in Northern Alberta. Northern Alberta. I grew up here, and when I travel, everyone thinks I'm from California. So I don't. That is a real thing. When I moved out here, I totally noticed the difference between, especially how women spoke, really? the intonation, the, yeah. the inflection. Was very different than when you go to Seattle. They sound like Vancouver. Like if you're in Seattle, people sound. I don't know what it is, but you're right. There's something in Vancouver that's very different. I love West Coast thing. Looking at those maps of different terms for the same thing and what areas it's more prevalent in. Like for instance, like what do you call shoes you would wear to work out in? Sneakers. Sneakers. Runners. Runners. Okay. Running shoes. Running shoes. Like. Uh all different and some people call them trainers like there's is trainers like a british thing i don't know but it's like if you look at a map sometimes things will like go up the east coast and just be sort of it'll be the same in canada as it is in america and then some things are just like little pockets of like we say sneakers here and we do this and like it's it's fascinating to me in saskatchewan is it saskatchewan no i'm feeling rude for saying yes to doing (laughs) stand-up and not saying anything else oh dear now i'm in the hell 
that you were that? in because I'm like that was so rude. Why didn't I? Why didn't I give you more details? Like no, you were totally yes. no, sort Alicia, of. you were totally fine. You were totally polite. I didn't come here to pass the burden on to you. It's not like <laughs> I guess it's your I'm turn. No, about no, it. you were you were and Ryan pointed out you were. What, what you you were totally polite. He wouldn't have been as polite. That's a yes or no point. question. You answered yeah. correctly. I don't know. Yeah. My close friends would definitely say sometimes I'm a real asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it, it all depends right. on like I think everyone. It often depends on whether or not I've had enough food. Yeah, I was just gonna it's say like levels. I will snap at people if I have missed a meal. Like it just happens. And yeah, it... I hope he didn't snap at you. <laughs> no, not at all. No, I, I again. I wasn't insinuating that you snapped. At I, I just want to be clear here. You were fine. It's this not, is the most Canadian podcast on. in the world. We're all apologizing right. to each other. Uh, oh, okay. So, so really, it's Ryan McMahon's fault, really, when you yeah. get down to all of this. This whole thing is his fault somehow, I think. Yeah, I don't yeah, even know I this guy. I feel comfortable pushing the blame onto Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Ryan. <laughs> I, okay. I do like bookie, bookie books. Or... Are you still typing a little bookie books or bookie books or something? <laughs> bookie he said, books? It's yeah. good. Bookie Wook says Ryan McMahon's love language. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like the language of the droogs or whatever from Clockwork Orange. Oh, oh you're yeah. Right, yeah. Terrifying. Bookie, bookie books, eggy wigs and <laughs> whatever. Whenever I see like, uh, this doesn't happen anymore. No one talks about Clockwork Orange anymore. Thank God. Except me. Well, I mean, it's an important film, but it's horrible. I'm thinking more of the book, but. Yeah. I hated the film. I hated that film so much. Yeah, it's and a I bit read, much. It's well, a bit. What, well, what bothered me about that? I don't want to get all serious and sour. What really pissed me off about that film is that there's these horrific rape scenes, which is fine if you're showing the brutality and the violence, but they pick out like a model to be the girl. The woman that's assaulted is like a, a playboy pinup. She's not like a real. She's not like a real person. Like they didn't cast someone who looks like a regular woman. They cast this pinup. Yeah. That always bothered me. I thought, well, I know you're just, you're just, you're being titillating. You're not actually critiquing anything. You're just being titillating. Right. Because uh, yeah. they could have, they could have been, There's, they could have cast like, an actual actress who looks like a real person and it would have been horrific, but instead they've, they've got this, they this also don't Barbie doll. give the, the female characters any sort of backstory. They're just like a body that exists yeah, yeah. too. So, and I'm, and I, that, this is saw it in the eighties and it bothered me. Now think about that. Like <laughs> back then I was like, this doesn't, something's not working on this film. And I, yeah, and everybody loved it. I went to film school. Incredibly violent. Right. And everybody loved it. I was in film school and they like, that was, everybody loved that film. And I I say it with a sense of relief. It's so nice that people don't talk about it anymore. Yeah. I like we'll always be up for a conversation about The Shining, oh, uh, which is an movie. amazing film, so and good. some other films from you know that kind of period. But the Mighty Ducks, for example, yeah, <laughs> you know, excellent. Mighty Ducks two, D two. They made a sequel, Superman two, <laughs> more duckier than before. I saw a bit of Superman two. I was at a eating dinner at the Black Lodge, which is a kind of a favorite place in town to eat. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was a Graham Clark's comedy show last Friday. He showed a clip from Superman 2, which was my favorite movie when I was a kid. Which it's one so is okay. bad. It's when they go to Superman's home planet. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> is that the one and where it he's... was the, the disco outfits, like yes, leather yes, disco. Yes. It's really good. <laughs> I, used, I used to work at uh, CN Tower in the basement of the CN Towers in university. <laughs> At the, at thing called, what? It was like a space zero, flight to Jupiter. Zero status. Oh, okay. oh, no, it was it was a flight to Jupiter. It was called Tour of the Universe. Oh. And it, it was set in the future. So you'd go down this elevator into the future. And then they, it, was a, it was a flight simulator <laughs> that, that they showed a film that you've blasted off out of the CN Tower. It's just all coming back to me. And uh, it's and you blasted up, I'm not kidding, up the inside of the CN Tower. But and fake. Nobody would shake and shake. Like, it was so Freudian. It was like, shake and shake and shake and shake. And then you'd blast up out of the top of the CN Tower and then you'd float into space. 
and uh, and you tour around, and in the future. Is mm-hmm. one big ABBA reunion because you're talking about the everybody? We're all dressed in jumpsuits, which are not it. flattering. There's like 0.1 percent of the population a jumpsuit is flattering on. That's it. I just but wore we're one. all dressed in silver and uh, baby blue. Mine was baby blue. That's baby not blue a flattering jumpsuit. color for anyone. For, for anyone. So I've had a baby blue jumpsuit, terry cloth. Oh. It was the '90s. I thought it looked really good, and someone I was dating was like, "That doesn't look good." And I'm in, like, <gasps> "Just tell me you're, you're in the future. You're from the future." <laughs> in the, from the '90s and early 2000s, all my wardrobe was exclusively baby blue. <laughs> like, I, I know, don't. It was a really heavy baby blue time, and then some baby pink uh, worked its way in there. And then I was like, "What the fuck is going wrong with my life?" And, and then, then I got other everyone, colors. Women were all wearing mustard for a while. I hated that. I still hate that color. You know, mustard. Still? Yeah, mustard just suddenly took I'm over. A fan. I don't like mustard. I can't wear it, but I really like it on others. I don't like the the edible spread, but I do like the color. <laughs> you don't like mustard? No, I don't like mustard. I didn't know that about you. The only mustard I've ever liked is the one that comes in the little thing that you can save as a, a drinking mug yeah, afterwards. the Dijon. And I like the one from Sweden that Dave Schumke gave me some sweet of one, one time. Yeah. yeah. I like mustard that tastes like candy, but I don't like... So not mustard. No. Yeah. <laughs> mustard that doesn't taste I like just like mustard. sugar. <laughs> yeah, sugar's basically. the best. Well, this... When I was at Tour of the Universe at the CN Tower... This I was is your at university. first retail nightmare. This would have been in the 80s. So uh, late 80s. So yeah, baby blue was the big thing. Everyone... And jumpsuits, like you said, and it was like a, a out of Superman. Two. I still have a jumpsuit from that time. It's beautiful. It's like very. It's like a, a basically a handmade, like bespoke garment from the '90s. This beautiful designer from Montreal. I'd have no idea what happened to her, but like this was like a piece to own. And I worked at a store that sold them. They were like two hundred and fifty dollars, which Whoa. was a paycheck. So with my discount, it was one hundred and twenty-five dollars, and I've kept it for almost twenty years. And, uh, Any day it's going to come back, right? ABBA will come back. I occasionally will wear it. Like, I'll be able to kind of wear it for a Halloween costume mm. because it's so, like, well-made. It can kind of look like a kid's outfit or yeah. I dressed up as a kid when Halloween wearing it. It's, like, overall, <laughs> bell-bottom overalls. It's so nice. But it's, like, <laughs> what was I thinking? And we all, like, a whole group of friends would have them. They're, like, skin-tight, bell-bottom, very well-made uh, handmade overalls. I'll never get rid of them. I'll be buried. I won't be buried in them because no way I'll fit in them for the rest of my life. Like I don't fit in them now. I'll just have it laid across my bloated carcass. Just pinned to you? <laughs> yeah, I, it's sewn into my <laughs> dead body. Oh, that's like straight out of a horror film that I've watched. It's my recently. life. It's beautiful. Life is hell. Um, I There was this thing called Glam Fest last weekend, which was yeah. uh, a show that went from the afternoon until it was like a 12-hour show. There was like 16 bands that played or something like that and Mr. Merlot, Jay and Rob's band played and I am featured on one song and so I dressed glam and I wore a um, a jumpsuit bell-bottom purple polyester that my mother made in the 70s like in her sewing class and she made it and thought it looked so cool but she was too shy to ever wear it so I find I've kept it for, you know, my whole life and always been like, there's going to be a time. Is that the first time you wore it? Yes, it was. Or was it in, did it set your spirit free? I became an, a new character. I wore, <laughs> I also wore, it was the first time I wore my pleasers out. These are my uh, seven inch platform shoes um, that I got to get married in because uh, my dress was too long. <laughs> you got married in seven inch yeah, platform shoes. Yeah, they're like specifically for exotic dancing and uh, they're pretty cool. Or getting married in your living room. I got married right here. So mm-hmm. yeah. I've seen pictures. I just needed to be taller because <laughs> otherwise I'd have to stay up all night hemming the dress. 
but yeah, I wore them out and I, uh, I felt great. I also was wearing a, a cape <laughs> and, uh, very good costume. Yeah. It was, it felt, it felt more natural than how I dress normally. <laughs> That's like the coolest wedding ever. That's like... Well, that was for the show. The wedding was, I was just oh, wearing, wearing a dress. A cape at, I thought you were wearing a cape at the wedding. No. Oh, yeah, okay. sorry. Their wedding talking. cake was a treats of pizza. Yeah. Dairy Queen, hot eats, cool treats. <laughs> <It's> all right. <laughs> Dairy Queen, please sponsor our podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. So good there. I tried to convince, I'll save it for Puppo of the Week, but I tried to convince my friend Matthew to go to Dairy Queen because I don't have them in Australia and I couldn't sell it to him. <laughs> yeah. I was like, do you like diarrhea? Because you're going to have it about an hour after you eat this or That's, in the middle of the night. It's like. I didn't tell him that part, but he would have been on board because he ate five. Anyways, I'll save it for Pubble of Week. Will, tell us a retail nightmare. <laughs> I want to talk more about diarrhea. I know. We could be. This should I'm be that. I'm competing with diarrhea. That's hard. We all are. That's Aren't awesome. we all? <laughs> it's really more against the clock for me. It's a lifelong well, struggle. I was thinking about this because I, uh, I'm i 54 and uh, I grew up you know, in northern Alberta and when I was a student, when I was a university student, I'd go back in the summer to Edmonton. That's where I would spend my summers. And I worked at a VHS video place. <laughs> and uh, this was back in the day, just how valuable VHS was. Oh, geez. It was so valuable, it was behind the counter. Oh, wow. So you couldn't just you couldn't just, couldn't just come in and take Mighty Ducks too. You had to come up, you had to take the box. So with the boxes were all empty. And then you had to bring the box up and then we replaced it behind the counter because that's how valuable wow. VHS was. And you had to buy a membership to rent from us. Like you, you couldn't just show up and rent a VHS. You had to, you had to pay, pay a membership, membership fee. Then you were on the membership club. So I worked for a, a chain called 24-Hour Video, which was open till three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it called 24-Hour Video then? Because it was, yeah, that was my eternal question. But we used to, uh, <laughs> so I worked at midnight and they did go 24-hour and then they cut back to 3 a.m. on the off season. So so I used well, to what work- what is the off season yeah, would for not movies? Christmas? No, actually, it, you'd think it would be uh, over the winter, but yeah, during the winter hours, they would shut down during the winter, during the summer. Uh, so I would be renting VHS and we rented these huge metallic- um, like VCR players, you had to rent a VCR player, right. like cement. But I, I, I remember, I remember my parents renting a VCR machine quite a few times before they could afford to buy one or decided to buy one. They were expensive. Now they give them away, like here. Yeah, you yeah. Sign a membership at. I Shopper's had three at page. one point because all my friends were like, "You like weird old shit," and I was like, "I don't have a TV." <laughs> <laughs> three three you have, VCRs. Yeah, you can't just watch. Put it in and watch. Yeah. It. Well, I, I worked there, uh, and I used to work the the. Actually, it's, I'm sorry, it was. 24 hours on the weekends and three in the morning during the week. That's what it was. Oh, okay. I was trying to remember because during the week it was open until three in the morning. And then on the weekend, it actually was 24 that hours. That makes sense. Who would but come I would, in after three? Oh, you don't want to know. Because okay. I'd, I'd work the midnight to eight in the morning shift. And Ugh. I remember I, I ruined two people's nights. Um, <laughs> one Only? was I felt bad about one I was very happy to do. But so you imagine the clients and we had this, we had the shop set up and uh, this is before internet. So oh, yeah. uh, if you wanted porn, you had to go look someone in the eye and say, I would like to have some porn. I wanted I like to go to back to that. Yeah, I want to rent that. And, and they would say, and you said, do you want it 24 hours or 48 hours? They said, can, just 20 minutes? Can I rent it for 20 minutes? Is that? Uh, so they would, you'd go up and uh, we had our, the, the adult section was in a separate room. Yeah. And it had one of those old, you know, in the Westerns, like the Cowboys used Saloon to Saloon doors? Yeah. And go, wacka, 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 wacka. So every time someone went in or out. And we had, what I remember was uh, you had to, um, you know, you'd bring the boxes up, right? And uh, these rig pigs would come in. So this is the first. And a rig pig for the listener is oh, someone sorry. who works on rigs. 
uh, shift work usually, right? Like usually. yeah, they're three weeks out in the out in the patch, and then two weeks in. So they would like like oil workers in the oil okay. sands up, usually around Fort McMurray, and they would cut their big group of them came in. They're just hooting and hollering. And, <laughs> and for the record, you know, you know, women hate those guys. We hate them too. Okay, just like there are, those are our junior high bullies. Those are the guys that uh, our locker room bullies. Yeah. That when we were when we had a bloody nose, we'd say they'll learn their lesson someday, and they never do. They just keep rolling <laughs> through life, and they they all would come in four or five of these guys, and I remember they came and they just an armful of porn. They slapped it down. I don't know who's gonna watch together. I know, right? Weird, so right? Weird. And then one guy goes like, "Well, one guy who's obviously a little bit more sophisticated, right. and he goes, well, wait, wait.' So they go get a movie." Clockwork Orange. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, thanks. They get a Hamburger Hill. It's like this Vietnam uh, Hamburger Hill. Yeah. about Vietnam guys just, just being guys together, just you know, all sweaty and just Eating no women around, just on, just on a hill, just watching porn together. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> yeah, just taking a hill with our machine guns or whatever. So they come up there and they're just being loud and obnoxious and they stack down. So, I'm, so you take the box and you put it in, and then you you take out the like they put the empty box in behind the counter and you take out the VCR. So you're looking through you know all this the porn sections over here and the regular section. So it's all alphabetical. And they give, and I give them their film and they go off, but I gave them the wrong movie. So they, they gave, I gave them, cause they were just being annoying. I handed it to them, not intentionally, but about half an hour later, this guy comes in, he just stomping towards me, bam, bam, bam. I'm like, oh shit. And he slaps down and he goes, you gave us the wrong movie. And alphabetically, beside Hamburger Hill, I'd given them Hannah and her sisters. <laughs> They should I, watch that. I would have, beautiful. I wanted, I wanted to know how long before they figured it out. I wanted to see like, ooh, ooh, get the beer, ooh. And they're like watching going, what the hell is this? And they're, maybe that skinny guy beefs up and joins the Marines, takes Hamburger Hill. But yeah, so, so, they, uh, so they were, so, and I was trying not to laugh. I gave him, uh, sorry about that. And I gave him a Hamburger Hill and he stormed off. But because of that, bringing up all these boxes, so there were complaints. People were standing in line. There's somebody with a VHS box with a porn cover, right? So yeah. our manager, this is her brilliant idea. So she tells us, okay, but there's been some complaints. So she put a notice in the in the adult section saying, just ask for them by name. Oh, geez. So this is what you have to do now. So to make things worse. So now you're standing behind the counter. People come up with their empty boxes. If it's regular movies, an empty box. Otherwise they come and they have to ask you for that. And some of the titles are hilarious back then. Uh, oh yeah. I don't think long. that's changed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some of them were really, but we had these security lights that would, uh, because our our store never got robbed, but one in the north of the city got robbed. So we had these bright lights in the parking lot that just shone right in. So when cars pulled up, you could see in the car. Right. Right. And again, this is pre-internet. If you wanted to see a dirty movie, you had to go physically and look someone in the eye and t rent that <laughs> dirty movie. And uh, this happened every night. A couples would pull up. It was always young couples because at that time in the 80s, that was being edgy and cosmopolitan. Right. But they would pull up in northern in Edmonton, in Edmonton, Edmonton in the eighties, yeah. yeah. So, so and the girl would stay in, and the oh. guy would come in and he'd do this fake walk, like do 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 do. Wonder you what I'll rent. Oh, it's rented. Well, we had this pregnant teenager one. Well, we had this wall of National Geographic documentaries oh, right nice. by the also sexy right by the porn uh, the the wickety 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 door the <laughs> the saloon door. So they would always come like ooh. Lions of the Serengeti, maybe I'll rent. Oh, what's this? Oh, there's a room full of porn. Maybe I'll wander. So they would do this fake walk and the girl would be in the car thinking that we, we could see them sitting there waiting. And they would always come in kind of be really nonchalant and they'd come out and they'd just grab something at random. I'd say, dude, take your time, okay? Like, they'd come in and just hand something at, at random. But the other person whose night I ruined, I still think about her, is this, she came up, this young woman came up and she kind of like straightened and she was going to do this and she looked at me and she, I go, hi. And she goes, uh, 
uh, like to rent Army Brat. And now I ask, does that not sound like a Disney film? Yeah, so it's like said, Army a Brat. Goldie Hawn movie. Yes. Yeah, so I said, oh, just bring the box. And she got her, she started to blush. And she's like, well, I thought I was just <clears throat> supposed to. I said, no, no, just bring the box up. Five minutes later, whack it, whack it, whack it, whack it. And she comes out and it's a girl dressed in an army hat with a big Sounds smile good. and big hair. And it's, uh, it's and she's it. in the army and the army's in her. You know, that's the Aww. slogan. And, but I always feel bad about her because I totally put her on the spot. Yeah, she came right, up you had no idea. The courage, it's hard to imagine, I think, now, today. But in, in 1986, the courage to do that, yeah. to come in and say, yes, I would like to rent Army Brat and have some guy go, uh, <laughs> just bring the box up. <laughs> She's like, she probably think, thought he was following the rules. You were too. hazing her. Yeah. Had to, that might have been her third visit too. Yeah, yeah. she probably did a wander. She, she did probably, research. Oh, yeah, she, she probably, asked a friend, like, "Have you ever? Okay, she, how do you do this?" Yeah. yeah. So I still, I still have twin twinges of guilt about that, and I remember her starting to slowly blush. I'm like, "Why are you blushing? Just go get the movie." And then you were like, "Do you still do stand up?" Then <laughs> <laughs> after it was all over, I said, "So she's out there. She's probably doing stand up now." But let me tell you, this horrible time, this asshole. <laughs> VCHS. So anyway, so these are different era, and it's hard to imagine like the eighties pre-internet. Everything was very in, in a weird way. It was uh, it was more innocent in a weird way. Like it was more. Uh, oh yeah. There was mm-hmm. a kind of innocence about it, and people were like physically embarrassed to even yeah. the guys. Like that's why I, I mentioned the guys weren't like other than the rig pigs. The guys would like do that little fake walk. Like yeah. maybe I'll rent this, and maybe oh, how about <laughs> this corner over here? And, what? Oh, I didn't know there was such a form of entertainment. Well, I was accidentally in this section, and then I saw this thing I wanted to see. We've had we've had guests on before who have told us uh, the woes of the the porn's room. Yeah, uh, and I think one way they got around that sort of like having the box very graphic boxes out, you know when you're in line with a family behind you, is they had little sleeves that you were supposed to put those boxes in. We did numbers eventually. Oh, okay. our, our boss finally, she was really, did, she's not the brightest boss, but I finally, so we just put numbers. Oh, eventually, yeah. like little keychains. So we would come up and we'd near the number. But yeah, it was. That's much easier. That makes yeah, sense. Sleeves yeah. would be more. Yeah. I would just say those names would be terrible. Yeah. I do like the sort of like, you have to like kind of be accountable for your choices yeah. aspect of it. Because I think like it's way out of control now, but. Well, they're all in. Like none of them, like there was, when I think of it, there was nothing really weird in, in the, the room. It was all just big hair. A lot of pizza deliveries made me want to become a pizza delivery man. That was my dream, man. Someday I'm going to deliver pizza and it's going to be so great. It's going to be the best job ever. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's ever happened. No, No. in history. Only only in porn. Like, we're going to, humanity's going to die out and some distant civilization is going to be like, wow, they really exalted the pizza delivery guy. <laughs> like, they're just going to see our porn and figure out our civilization. They that. obviously were kings yeah, or something. Just worshipped. <laughs> like, all you have to do is open the door and then he's just, like, attacked <laughs> with butts. Uh, I've totally watched all those porn guys. I know what porn is like. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, this is my I, favorite I honestly one. Feel bad. I didn't come here to steer that way. I just thinking of retail. It's okay, and, and when you oh, work yeah, in a no. video store, that's normal. <laughs> that's usually where most of the nightmares the revolve night, around. Yeah. Um, the video store I worked at didn't have like a separate room or anything like that there was just a the top shelf that said like no children look up here please <laughs> like, which really works <laughs> the, yeah really don't go into our mysterious really closet great. of mystery yeah. and sometimes uh censor board people would come in and look in that section and be like these you got to get rid of these three movies and so we'd have to take away like 
cannibal holocaust or something like that yeah because it was some things that were just like if they weren't rated you couldn't even have them there like if it's beyond you know rated r rated x or whatever like that oh i don't think i don't remember i don't think we we mainly were renting uh mighty ducks 2 and that's that's all i remember Not one National Geographic video went out of our store while I was really not one. That would be like (laughs) the only thing I would want to watch. But uh, (laughs) that's me. Um, Alicia, do you have a retail nightmare or I have a retail experience that just happened at the liquor store I went to before. First thing that was fun was I was in a liquor store before noon, which is really funny. Always for fun. Because I'm like. Do they look at you kind of with pity? I felt as I crossed the threshold with croissant in hand, uh, a little bit like out of my element. You're getting cider though. You're not getting like a Mickey. Well, also like, yeah, like they see a lot of people that probably need to be in there by that time in the morning yeah. to deal with things. But I was walking past one of the refrigerators and there was just this like. Two thirds finished iced latte from Starbucks sitting in one of the <laughs> beer coolers or something near the cash register. And so I just like really politely was like, oh, because people leave garbage everywhere. We talk about it all the time. People especially leave coffee cups. And I was like, well, that's really shitty to grab something from the cooler and then put your old coffee <laughs> in. And so I go to the cash with the cider and say, hey, as politely as possible, like sort of like jokingly, I'm like, somebody, I'm like, there's a like a half. <laughs> drunk coffee in there and uh, I just wanted to let you know I mean I'm not saying like telling you like to clean it up or anything she's like it's mine and I'm like okay she's like I just wanted to be really cold and I'm like okay <laughs> and then she just like averted eye contact and was really weird afterwards and I was like it is not really the place to put your drink yeah don't they have a, like a staff room with a fridge yeah where some like that's where people are getting drinks from yeah. that they're gonna pay odd, money for <laughs> that's yeah, that's not normal. No. That's a weird store, though. I know it the one you're talking about. <laughs> I do really like it. I used to work really close to there, and uh, there was this guy uh, who we called Liquor Store Bro, um, and he was he was just, like, the most bro-y guy. Like, shaved head, always seemed like he was like, hey, hey, bro, like, what's up? Like, yeah, what very, is up? Very positive. He was a posy bro, and uh, he would just steal so much stuff from there and just give it to us oh wow and uh it was a a, a very uh fruitful but short friendship with this man because <laughs> he was fired uh like there's, yeah, there's cameras everywhere there's cameras everywhere and uh i don't think he even like tried to hide it at all yeah maybe there's i think there's some people that don't realize it's wrong like yeah this was when I worked at the video store and we would give him free rentals and stuff. And he'd just be like, here's a bottle of gin. <laughs> Holy shit. And we'd be like, okay, well, I guess you get some more free rentals then. But then we realized, oh, he's not paying for it. Right. <laughs> like, just, you know, we thought maybe he was. You're aiding and abetting. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I benefited greatly from that. It was great. I'd never really uh, drunk before. I worked at that job because I think I started when I was. I mean, I'd, I had drank alcohol and I had had uh, alcohol poisoning in high school. So I then didn't drink for quite some time. What, what did you get? Alcohol poisoning from? What, and can you drink it anymore? Because I got... Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> unfortunately. Drink. Oh, really? Because I can't drink. When I was in uh, grade nine, I think, we had a grade nine grad. 
Um, and <laughs> that's my small town. It was a big deal to graduate in grade nine. Wow. And my dad had a, he was absent generally, but he had a liquor kind of in the closet, like a mm-hmm. liquor kind of quasi cabinet. And we, at the very back was a bottle of, of whiskey, of scotch, which we assumed he'd forgotten about because it was at the back. It was, was all dusty. just aging it. Yeah. It oh, was like, no. it turned out it was like 25 year old Glenn Fiddick something. Oh dear. And, but we, we were being clever. We're not going to take the stuff at the front. He'll notice. We'll go right <laughs> oh, to the back. Shit. So we drank it directly from the bottle Whoa. and we got so sick. And, uh, my dad was there and I remember outside the house, I was throwing up and he was going, that's $20. That's about $30. That's about $10. Oh, Every time I dad. retched, I go, that would be about $10. He's collecting it all, being and, like, I can uh, <laughs> distill it, redistill it. Filter it. And to this day, the smell of whiskey just huh? makes me creep. I can't drink it. Uh, when I was in Northern Ireland, there's Bushmills, yeah. which is the place to go for whiskey. And I didn't even go in. It was right near where we were. And um, I can't. That's why I asked, what did you get alcohol poisoning? It was Alberta Premium Vodka. You can still drink it? Yeah, every day. <laughs> um, I mean, well, you I did can, not learn your lesson at all. I can still have vodka, but I don't think I have sought out that brand um, personally since. Because I'm, I was so traumatized. I still like the smell of it. That's like so unusual too, because usually what happens, like for me, it's peach schnapps or sambuca or like Malibu or Bacardi or something. Like I that. never liked those. Like rum for, was the first thing I got really sick off of, but. I'm actually now that I think of it, it's not something I ever really go for. But I mean, the first really thing- sweet things were the things I would get really sick on. Yeah, but like whiskey is. We didn't have access to that, so should have come to my dad's whiskey cabinet. Right, <laughs> and like store. it was when he got his. Uh, he graduated from teachers' college or something. They'd given it to him, so he'd had it oh, all those years. He so was, it was saving nice it for gift. something. That's what having kids maybe is for like. My I think wedding. That's he perfect. was saving it for my wedding. Maybe <laughs> would that have been ironic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I was so clever. I went to the back. Of, that's what you do. Go to the back of the liquor cabinet. Well, we filled up everything with all the vodka, all the clear, like all clear yeah, stuff with water. water. So then when my yeah. parents went to make a drink, like two or three years later, because they weren't drinkers, it was just tap water. Yeah, we would, yeah, you'd add. Yeah, you could do that. You could add water and tap it up, tap it up. Tap yeah, it up. my parents didn't drink, but we had a liquor cabinet because they'd get gifts. And they would just go in the back and it would be like a big bottle of brandy. And my mom would use it for baking and stuff. Yeah. Um, but then when I was in grade 10 and I was like, oh, drinking, it looks like fun. I would take the little bottles that were, came as like bonus that were on top. Oh yeah. yeah. So they're like, like the airplane. little airplane plastic ones. And, uh, then we would drink it at recess. <laughs> and, uh, I think so you were that kid. You were the kid that brought I did it to one school. time. <laughs> I remember. And I got like suspended, uh, quite soon after. Did you really? Yeah. Off because of that? Or? No, it was for smoking weed. <laughs> I got suspended for saying the bad F word. Oh. And for getting in fistfights with boys. Was it at the same time? No. F-U I was been suspended twice. Where are the bad mm-hmm. girls? <laughs> I wasn't a bad kid. I just wouldn't put up with shit from guys. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, and, you know, I thank my older brother for that in a roundabout way because when you grow up with an older brother who's like tough, you're tough. Like you don't, I mean, this is not an excuse ever for this kind of behavior, but if like a, uh, somebody bullied me. I'd bully them back. <laughs> I'd be like, this, I'm like, it's on. Like, I know how to fist fight. I Where have an were older you brother in the locker rooms when I was growing up. With <laughs> I would 100 percent get into, call get into in? it. I'm yeah. still scrappy. I'm still kind of scrappy, um, but I'm weak now. To use my mind, which is not smart. Jessica, <laughs> 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 do you have a retail experience or dream or nightmare? I don't. I can't think of. We recorded like three days ago, That's and I true. can't. I don't think I've been into a store since. Uh, can the liquor store bro be my retail experience? 100%. That was great. <laughs> there we go.
do you want to do another story or do you want to do a, yeah. uh, what, do you well, have one more? I can just tell you just one. It's not really a, uh, I, I worked all through school, all through university. And generally I worked as, I started as a dishwasher and a bus boy and a lion cook. And I dropped out of high school uh, after grade 11. And I decided I was going to go out to see the world. So I had this image that I would throw a backpack over my shoulder and I would take a, three steps into the mist and I'd be in Paris. Like that's, <laughs> that's how I thought it would work. Uh, Saskatoon. That's as oh. far as I got. I, have, I had a sister in Saskatoon. Uh, that's the one benefit. I was one of the younger. There were six, seven kids, really. Uh, but I was one of the younger ones. So you, have, you can have these couches built in that you can crash in. Yeah. So uh, she was in Saskatoon. And uh, so I got a job working at Fuller's... Uh, restaurant, 24 hour restaurant again. It was actually up 24 hours on Isle Wild Drive in Saskatoon. And Fuller's were, they were like aspiring to be a Denny's. They weren't as classy. <laughs> they dreamed someday to be as good as a Denny's. Someday we could do it. Yeah. And I worked as a, a busboy and a dishwasher, started dishwasher than a busboy. And basically, if you had a pulse and a brainwave that you would just instantly moved up. And suddenly I was a lion cook. They brought me in. They're going to be, we're going to train you as a lion cook. Shit. So a lion cook is just assembling food. You're mm-hmm. not really. And I remember this is, and I had my little white apron. I would have been 17, Jeez. I think, 17. And I had my white apron the first day. And I was like, oh. And I swear, my brother brothers don't believe me, but I swear her name was like Flo, the woman who's training <laughs> me, or Irma or something. The lady, this, this big solid woman was, she was going to train me to cook. And it was, my innocence ended immediately because I don't know if, I don't know in, Vancouver, but in Western Canada, a classic uh, clubhouse sandwich is three layers of toast, and you cut it into triangles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you turn two, and you put toothpicks, and you know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And it's chicken breast, yeah. not sliced, not deli meats. Supposed to be chicken breast. Yeah. yeah. Ours was just sliced chicken, like mock chicken. Rage, it was, it, it was a rage, and a podcast. <laughs> Go <laughs> it on. It was. It was the world's worst. But it looked. But you had to do this little dainty. You cut it in triangles yeah, and flip it's the it. Best. So. Irma or Flo or, or <laughs> Ethel, whatever her name was, she's like, well, here's the, she's showing me the steam table and explaining stuff. And she, she's making a clubhouse as she talks to me and she slathers it with mayo and she throws it up on the counter, throws the bill up, order up. She's still talking. The waitress comes back and she gets, looks at it and gets mad and she throws it back and says, it says no mayo. And without missing a beat, so Flo is still talking to me. Oh, well, come in the shift. We put the dishwasher here and we bring the... She takes down the sandwich and she takes off each individual triangle and wipes it on her apron. Oh she wipes gosh. the mayo off on her greasy, dirty apron and puts it and sends it back out without breaking stride. And that was my moment. I thought, oh, this is not a good job. And she just sent it out. And I, later I saw the person eating it. I was watching them eat it. But she without... Yeah, she wiped off all... And to this day, why couldn't she just made another piece of toast? Just that one slice and cut and put it on top. I would have had that mayo toast. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, she wiped it on this greasy apron. That's and I worked disgusting. in restaurants. Yeah. I worked at Humpty's, which is a 24 hour, uh, hour uh, egg restaurant. We cooked eggs. We had this ma- mascot. Just can eggs. I, can no I tell you sides. What? No anything. <laughs> Just, it was egg. Do you guys Hard have oil. Humpty's out here? You don't no, have, no, but I think I've heard of it. Oh, I've seen it when I'm on tour. Like in, Oh, they're, how can you screw up eggs, right? Oh, they found a way. So many ways. Uh, they, and they had a mascot. Can I talk about the mascot? Yeah, the Humpty's of mascot. We love mascots. It's like Humpty the, Dumpty, right? Well, the owner, well, yeah, the owners wanted to have a mascot. So there's a giant egg. But the egg was originally going to be white, but it got so grubby so soon as felt. So they decided, I don't know if they were, I don't know if they were playing off Dr. Zeus, but it was green. Okay. And it had these wobbly like eyes, big giant <laughs> eyes, but one stuck would always get stuck up at the top. And so one eye, <laughs> and it would scare kids. It would come in the restaurant <laughs> and did not look like an egg at all. It was this giant green <laughs> and one eye would be up locked in the top. And, 
<laughs> and the kids was somebody were, in the costume? Yeah, some guy oh, would come shit. in. Yeah, not That's me. Painfully. So yeah, the, the bus boys would take turns. They'd have to wear the cause and they'd come in. Hi, boys and girls. I'm whatever the eggy, the egg mascot. I'm egg cross-eyed man. <laughs> and the kids would cry and it was just awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was just this. Uh, yeah, so that was my, I worked at Humpty's. I worked at Earl's, which was a step up. Ooh, I used to work at Earl's. Um, I worked at, as I mentioned, Tour of the Universe as a space cadet. Uh, and I got fired. And um, Do you remember why you got fired? Yeah, because I was I was so bored. And um, <laughs> when you sit, so you go in and you sit in a flight simulator, the the audience, and then they, it, it was kind of cool. The ride would vibrate and go up and down and move and they project a film of you blasting into space and you'd almost hit a meteor every time. And, <laughs> um, so and it, was a, it was a video loop though. And the captain would come on every time. It would come on to, hi, this is Captain Moses. It was Moses Nimer's show, like the guy from, it was Moses Nimer's. He used to run City TV. Oh, okay. He used to be a thing, Moses Nimer. And it was Captain Moses was in reference to his name. So it was, and we had to talk to this guy. It was so demeaning. So like, oh. hi, Captain, it's something. said, hi. Like we'd talk to this video loop every time. <laughs> oh, so man. I would try to make him sound stupid. I would ask questions <laughs> and they would make him look like an idiot. And uh, I didn't know, I did not know that the supervisors could listen in on us. Oh, no. That at a certain point, they could listen as we were talking. So they called me in and said, you're off script. I said, <laughs> and I still, like, still trying to play it. Like, well, how so did I, how is this? <laughs> well, uh, it played well to the audience. But uh, so, for example, um, you, you'd almost hit a meteor. And then he would go into nye, 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 emergency, emergency, and we have to return to Earth. It was the same bloody Did anyone every- ever get really scared? Yeah, little kids would sometimes. Okay. And we had two settings. We could do a, like a gentler ride. Right. But the video didn't change. But like the bumps, you could accelerate the bumps so if it was a younger crowd you could make it more bumpy but the video was yeah it, you'd almost hit a asteroid by jupiter every time then you'd circle around and you'd come back and the earth would float in and he'd say uh, uh there's the earth <laughs> right where we left her <laughs> we'll be landing soon anyway let's buckle up that was his that was his loop <laughs> So I would cut in and talk to him and try to make him look like an idiot. I'd say, sir, we're losing oxygen. We're losing fuel. We need to know what, where is the earth? Well, there's the earth. What are the exact coordinates I need to enter it? It's right where we left her. Well, it helps me not at all, captain. And it says, we need, we've only got 12 minutes of oxygen left, which isn't true. And I'd say, uh, we need to know what time we'll be landing. We'll be landing soon. And I'd start to talk to him. He'd cut me off and say, and they, they listened in as I, I would talk to Captain Moses and try to make him look like an idiot. And I didn't know that's, they called me in and I got fired. Oh, fuck Captain called, Moses. Yes. I was so bored of that loop, that loop. And, I uh, love it. You were just adding some that's drama. I wish this happened. places like a line cook or like a store, like when you're a creative person who's easily bored, you have to have stuff that keeps yeah. you busy all the time. Yeah. Or you start to really question life. My favorite, I wish it happened. I wish it was my story, but one of the guys, this, I really liked it. What was his name? Cal. So he's this really big, tall black guy, really like looks competent. Look like he's look, looks like the guy that you wanted in an emergency. And he and I were partners on, so we'd take, one guy would do security and the other guy would fly it and then you'd switch off. And he was, came in one time, he was like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired, man. I'm so tired. <laughs> and he, we swap off and during the emergency, he, like he, he could, I don't know how he did, but he could sleep during the ride, you know, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and, and so all the, because it's like emergency, emer- and they, everybody looked back and he was sleeping. <laughs> he was just, <laughs> and he slept through the whole emergency. Like and you, there was all these things we were supposed to say, like count down one, two, and hit all these buttons. But if he's sleeping, it's going to be fine. But they all looked back, yeah, and it was funny. They, they came out and yeah, he got fired for that. So we both Aww. got fired soon after. But I just love the fact that he could sleep through an asteroid <laughs> emergency. He was a great guy. What, was, what happened to him? I, anyway, I knew him for a while and he was very, very funny. He, he trained me. 
And that's one of the reasons I was so bad because don't you find in retail <laughs> who trains you really has an impact on how you totally. look at the job. Yeah. Yeah. If they tell you, and he told me, oh, this is BS. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. You have to do this. So he kind of, he was a great um, orienteerer. Sure, that's the new word we can use. Orienteering. Because if you get a real gung-ho um, trainer, you, you, you get hypersensitive about yeah. your job. You, you take it too seriously. Oh, that's how I train. Are you, do you train people? Yeah. I'm like, this is the greatest job you'll ever have. You, you were going to want to stay forever. <laughs> and I always leave. Um, lesson, lesson. Do you want to do, uh, is it favorite grape? Ah, what's your favorite grape? My favorite grape is grape, just any damn grape on earth, because wine always tastes like wine. It just, you what does it taste like? It tastes like wine. And they've done tests where they've taken white wine, they've dyed it red, and given it to sommeliers, and they can't. They're like, oh, yes, it's a fine year. So it's, it's everybody is holding it up. It's like the emperor's new clothes. Like everybody's huh. just like, why oh. this this grape is a good grape and this grape is a bad grape. It's all grape. And I'll tell you why. I'm bitter about this. I, I carry bitterness. Clearly. Yes, because I don't know anything about wine. Yeah. Clearly. Um. <laughs> but I was in I was in New York at a, there was like a writer's like the book expo. So I was there uh, promoting as you do. And uh, my publisher, actually he had blurred me. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, the chef, and he was hosting a TV show, he had blurbed my book. So he'd given a blurb to it, which is just, you know, it's like a, a favor that authors do. Mm -hmm. You'll be out looking for blurbs. You'll see. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you, you go and you try to, because apparently- I know Charlie's like, who's going to do your forward? And I was like, I only know two famous people. And he rattled them off. I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, blurbs are weird. Because yeah. Alicia, you're going to find out, because apparently- Someone picks up your book and they were like, I'm kind of on the fence on this one. Oh, Joe Jones blurbed it. I'll buy it. Like, I don't yeah. think that ever happens. I've never bought a book because of a blurb no. ever, but publishers are obsessed with blurbs. Okay. You got to get a blurb. You got to get a blurb. I don't, I've never, have you ever purchased a book because of the blurb? Not because of it, but I've but laughed I definitely at the blurb. Like read things and like been more drawn to something because somebody I respect yeah. made a blurb. I sometimes okay, so, will be like, oh, that's cool that they're friends or they know each other somehow. The best was, what's his, the Bansky? Did you see the blurb on his book? Of no. his graffiti art? It was, the blurb was, uh, there was no way in hell we're going to give you a blurb. The London Metropolitan <laughs> Police contacted them. They sent a letter back and he used it. It's great. So Anthony Bourdain had kindly, and then tragically he died uh, uh, not too long ago, but he, had, he was a very kind fellow and he had blurred my book. So we all went out to dinner at uh, the Tribeca in, in Soho in New York. So it's this fine, fine restaurant. And I'm there with my publisher at the time. Was like, he's, he's descended from British. Like he's a Lord. He doesn't use it, but he's like a Lord. So it's Anthony or Bourdain who knows a thing or two about food and wine. Tiny bit, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, so to my element. Like I'm just <laughs> so to my element. I'm like, oh God, just get me through this. And, and the chefs come out of the restaurant. They see Anthony Bourdain. They're like, oh, hi. They come over to our table. So we're getting top notch service. And I'm like, okay, we'll just, you know, just play along. And they're about to order the wine. And my publisher, 
fucking. He's, oh, wait, 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 let Will order the wine. <laughs> He's the guest. And Anthony Bourdain goes, oh, of course, and hands me the wine list. I'm like, you fuckers. So I'm looking, I'm going, um, yeah, okay. Uh. And then they start giving me advice and it just Ugh. nonsense words. They're like, well, uh, and they look up and they go, oh, you have a bunch of Lavoie. And they look at the waiter, is that, is that a 62 bunch of Lavoie? And he goes, oh, it's a 63. And they go, pfft. And they look at me like, as if. And I'm like, yeah. It's like, it, the only frame of reference I have is if someone said, do you have Coke? We have RC Cola. Pff, yeah. So, and I'm like, yes, don't pass off your 63 Bonche de Lois to me, mister. So I'm just looking lost. And then they're like, and they're leaning over and says, well, you're having the, the prime rib and we're having the reduction of raspberry. So I imagine you want a less acidic wine. I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay, let's go with the less acidic wine to balance the palate. So there, it took like 10 minutes for them. I, at one point, I swear, I almost ordered gratuity not included. Like I, almost, I was just pointing at random. And what I would do is I just run my finger slowly down the page and look at them. And they'd go like, oh. Mm, no, and I, so we ordered a wine and it was like a $180 bottle of wine it oh, tasted wow. like every other bottle of wine I've ever had I think ever. you just don't get wine it was awful so I, my favorite grape is any damn grape that, that should be is a great the title story. of the essay I, I'm I mean, crying from laughing I felt I used to feel that way before I really drank wine uh, and I was, I used to, I was like, it's just rotten grape juice. Like it's gross. <laughs> well, you two can create a food blog, but then <laughs> rotten grape juice. But then I started trying different wines and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. These ones give me heartburn. These ones don't. <laughs> That's a different way of appreciating. Yeah. Them, and sure. so I find that like the, the fancier wines do not give me heartburn. Like I can't, I used to think I just couldn't drink red wine, but no, if I, if it's like a over $30 bottle, then I can't. So heartburn not included on. Also, though, like, <laughs> I don't have, there's other things that people really like, love the flavor of or get really excited about, but they mean nothing to me. So I understand that too. Like I don't, there's things that I can really tell the difference between like perhaps quality or the way that it was prepared and other things like the crappier and shittier the cookie, the more interested I am in yeah. it. Like you could offer me like this beautiful, with the exception of like some, I like a very high quality, just butter shortbread. Everything else that I want to eat is like, it should come in a package, From should a be made with terrible ingredients. Yeah. Well, just a sugar delivery system, right? Yeah. Cookies it's and, just and, energy. And... It's just energy and a stop for, of the other feelings for a few minutes. <laughs> and then I go back to worrying again. Then you need another cookie. That's yeah. right. It's just like the cycle begins. I don't drink a lot of wine because it really makes me feel yucky a few days afterwards, but I do love wine. And then I haven't really been drinking it for about the past year, like I'll occasionally have a glass and then I remember how delicious it is. And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so it, was, it was never a wine. I yeah. But never... I think it just tastes bad to people. But how wasted on me? I, like how, how was that wasted on me? I was in at the Tribeca restaurant in Soho with Anthony Bourdain and I, they might as well have served me. Well, it wasn't uh, about the wine. There was a baby duck or something. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to well say, I bet me. you know what baby duck is. <laughs> yes, I know baby duck. I grew up in Northern Alberta. Oh, we know baby yeah, duck. That we was know very our... popular in Quebec too. Oh, was it? My parents joked around about it all the time. Remember Cuvée de Patriot in Quebec? That was the, when I, I, I lived in Quebec in the, in 83. And that was, at that time, that was the cheap wine was I Cuvée. I really like, remember that. Cuvée de Patriot. And the Pope had come to Quebec. <laughs> And the joke was he was going to turn, he's going to perform a miracle. He was going to turn Cuvée de Patriot into wine. So that was the, <laughs> you didn't grow up drinking that? That was the cheap, cheap, cheap wine. I have to, I have a confession. I never drank cheap wine because when I was about 21 or 21, I guess, maybe 20, I went on a date. I always stuck to white wine and then I had an allergic reaction to red wine, which I've only ever, like I've never really had it. Oh, 
I've seen it. Cuvée de Patriot is not drinkable. <laughs> I, I lived on that when I was on the track. <laughs> I was getting, I was working at North in Mirabel. I was working at, a, like, we were building a, like, a outdoor nature path for kids. It okay. was just a death trap because we didn't know yeah. what we were doing. We nailed, we had this rope walk that we nailed to a dead tree we didn't realize. Oh my God. And it came down on our first opening day. Like it came down and the kids all got thrown off and they were like, yay, again, again. <laughs> so okay, I didn't, I didn't okay. realize, I didn't realize Mama. it yet. <laughs> So that was in Mirabelle, <laughs> north of. So we drank Cuvée de Pitre. That's why. That's only yeah, I reason I know. Yeah, I grow up this. drinking like really cheap wine, and like there are times where I've had cheap wine, but I've always been kind of sort of like how Jessica avoids like certain wines. Like I've always found like a slightly more expensive wine is a much better hangover. Mm-hmm. Um, like less of like a less headache hangover, yeah. and yeah, there's um, just like less stuff in it. Yeah, too. I've I, I have a theory that maybe I have an allergy to sulfites. Oh yeah, but I pushed through it for many years. But cheap wine is like, I've like, I've never ever bought a wine in a box and I've never bought anything that's in a liter. You haven't um, lived. Yeah, I haven't. I just, I haven't just cause I don't really drink wine, but I'm. Yeah. But now I'm like very into kind of like really cold beer. Yeah. And that sort of experience. But if you had been there in that restaurant, would you have been able to order the wine if they had handed that to you? I think that I would have felt a lot of pressure. I mean, that would be, but I think that I would have been able to choose something. Because I couldn't, they were. I it's was so much. It's I don't so much like. I'm so out of the wine game that I would have probably just ordered something I knew, regardless of how it would pair with the meal. Well, they're. they're I wouldn't they're, be able to guess what would go best with. with well, that's food. what they were talking, and they yeah, were. Yeah, no, and they were making. I don't it worse. think I could have eaten a meal with somebody as famous as Anthony Bourdain. I would have just like a really genuinely nice guy. I've like, only heard that, mm-hmm. and I would have just nice dumped my whole meal on my lap right away to get it out of the way. Like <laughs> here it is. Um, well, what, what struck me is that he went out of his way to kind of, because I was clearly out of my element. He went out of his way to kind of include me and involve me. There was about seven, eight, eight or nine people around the table. So he, he was just a, a really lovely guy. I really liked him. Um, That's what I got from the show. Like when I think about his show and the connection that I felt with somebody who's a stranger was, I really admired his ability to draw people out and talk about themselves and to not interject his own sort of agenda or experiences and do that sort of very typical thing that people do when you're exchanging information about each other to wait your chance to just explain who you are. Speaking of which. But you know what I mean, right? It's something we all do. And like he just had this beautiful capacity to let people come out and speak about themselves without interruption. And he was really like a great interviewer and like he seemed to have this really huge heart. So, I liked him. I, re- I genuinely liked him. What a great experience. Yeah, it was. Well, actually, it was a great experience in Heinz. And at the time, I was just so like, nervous. I was such a boy from small town Alberta. I was just like, oh, fuck. When I, like, I didn't, when the food came, it was amazing. The food, like, as I know beef, I'm from Alberta. That's, that, <laughs> that beef was amazing. But it was actually, it was only a good experience in retrospect, in looking That's back. Right, because at the time, so I was nervous. just like, well, just so awkward. Just felt out of place. And then, why didn't you say you don't know anything about wine? Like, I don't know why. Why didn't, I don't know because why don't you, you just say that? you pretty humble. I don't know. You just, at that moment, you don't think of it. They just, here's the yeah. wine list. You're like, oh. oh, right. It's just like another job. <laughs> like, I, well, I should have. You're right. But at the at the moment, you're just too kind of uh, stuck to, yeah. to think. The same thing happened to me like this this week on Thursday. I, it was my last day at a job and my boss and his wife took us out for a very fancy meal. And then he was like, we should order a bottle of wine. And they hand it to me. And I'm like, you have 45 years of experience over me and you have a wine cellar and you like are very educated. Perhaps it's an honor we're did, all did unfamiliar you tell them with. you didn't know wine or did you Yeah, just I was like, I don't know. Just well, like, good on you because I didn't have that. I didn't have that guts. I don't but think I was, that I, I, I don't know. I don't know that what I would have done. Well, to be honest, like um, that would have been pretty stressful. 
Yeah. I usually let people kind of like when I'm out of my element, I sort of I'm already so worried about that gluten free stuff that I can ruin a meal before I've even had it. (laughs) (laughs) I just when I can't there's so many reds and so many whites. I'm like, oh, let's get the one sparkling or like the one rosé because I'm like, you can't really go wrong. But I imagine not as many people as me want to be just drinking champagne or sparkling wine (laughs) at all times. I know when I eat with my friends who eat at fancy restaurants, they always get like we always start with champagne and I'm like, wow, but I'm so drunk now. (laughs) Yeah. Can I tell you a trick that from when I was working in restaurants, because when I worked at Earl's or when I I slowly worked my way up and something you may know if you've worked as, as waitstaff or something to be aware of is what one of the things that we used to do and it works really well is if there was a a big table of people, uh, you kind of identify who was treating. And so often the boss who's like, ah, so I have, have, you know, he's kind of, so what you would do is when the bottle was down to about a quarter, and they're wrapping up the evening. You would fill his, you'd say, come over, say hi. And you'd just fill his, his glass right to the top and put it down. Oh and he'd God. look and go, uh, another bottle, because he didn't want to drink the last. Yeah. And you could do that two or three <laughs> bottles sometimes. You could get through. That's so smart. So it's, it's, isn't that evil? But we I've would, 100% seen that happen. Yeah, you fill, Not to you, me. You fill up the host, and then he realizes that that looks horrible. He can't drink. <laughs> Everyone else's, their wine is down to nothing. Yeah. He's got a, so he quickly goes, uh, another bottle, another bottle. Right, so we did that all the time and just racked up the price and our tip. And <laughs> you so jerks. just be, yes, it's awful, That's but brilliant. it worked. It worked. And I love that, it. Yeah, and again, that was because I was trained well. Someone told me that I didn't know that. Someone, someone trained me well. And I'll give you. Can I give you one more weird tip? Of course. Outside, yes. Outside of this, this is we something I just them. learned, <laughs> and I, I think it would apply. It's about taxi drivers. About oh, taxis. Uh, and I think this would apply to Vancouver. But I was in Toronto. Um, you know, you come out of a hotel, like you're, you're like, uh, and you want to go. You come out and the doorman always stops you. And and I didn't realize how awful some certain doorman can be. <laughs> not, not to the, but to, I didn't realize there's this whole sub world going on, sub training world of bribes and counter bribes with taxi drivers and doormen. I had so no idea. I didn't know either. And what happened was that you, so you come out and there's a line of taxis or there's one taxi there already loading someone. There's another taxi kind of across waiting to be called around. And I have my suitcase. I'm going to the airport. And the, the doorman stops me. He's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Are you heading to the, the airport? So I'm like, yeah, I'll grab that. No, 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 no. He's like, I'm like, I can get my own taxi. No, no, sir, sir, please, uh, please allow me, sir. And he waves <laughs> and he waves, he waits. And I'm like, There's, I can see a taxi there. And he's waiting for someone. I get pissed off. So I just walk across because like, I'm kind of late. And I jump in the cab and uh, we, I drive off. And I'm like, oh man, that to the cabbie who he, who he wasn't calling. And I'm like, oh man, doorman is just annoying me. And he goes, yeah, it's because they... The cabs, you have to pay them to get an airport ride. That's so you not slip cool. them a five. And he said, that's why they load your suitcase in the back. When you go inside, they, as they load it, that's when they pay the taxi. And you can mm. see this happen again and again. The driver, you get in, the driver goes to the back with the hood up. The doorman comes and they, he slips them a $10 or five or whatever. Shit. And then they get to go to the airport. And because that taxi driver wasn't in that circle, he wasn't bribed, he wasn't favored. That he sucks. was he was going to call him to go to the mall or something. But here's the advice. I said, well, how do you get around that? And he said, well, what do you do, sir? Lovely guy. And he goes, uh, tell them that you're just going to Union Station, which is a really short trip. Yeah. And then when you get in, tell them the airport. So I do that now and it's great because they walk on the door and like, sir, sir, where are you going? Because they see the suitcase. And I go, I'm just going to Union Station, which is like five blocks. And he goes, oh, just, and they, they wave someone from the other side over. And then when you get in, you say, go into the airport. And they always go, I thought you were the station. Go, no, no, the airport, the airport. And they're always quite pleased. So there's this whole weird world going on that the taxi driver told me about is that that's always bothered me. Why doormen always stop you and check where you're going? I'm like, what business is it you where I'm going? Get me a cab. And they're they're kind of um, 
upfront about it. Like, oh, uh, yeah. where, where are you going? <laughs> and if you say you're going to the mall, they'll wave a different, like if it's a low fare, they wave someone else over it who hasn't. That's really not cool. No, it's not at all. And this happens all the time in Toronto. And since, I, don't, I imagine Vancouver as well. But since I've been aware of it, I see it all the time. And you see that the person gets in, the cabbie goes around to but close that, the hood and they pass. how does that cab driver make any fucking money? I don't know. He's slipping. Well, the, the fare to the airport in Toronto is about, what, about 50 bucks? Yeah, it's yeah. usually a lot. So he, he slips the dormant five then or $10. And he has to pay the company for the ride as well. Like, he's not making screened. this huge... And the honest cab drivers don't get anything. If you, right. if you don't want to do that, you just sit waiting for the Plus, look, they have to compete with that amazing train now in Toronto that goes right to I the I love air. that train. I love oh the God, up train. It's so good. That's it's why you got to say, I'm just going to the porn store. <laughs> That's right. You said Take that. me to the porn store. And then Take I said, me to the closed 10 set, years ago. They set the meter to 1987. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be, there. We'll be there in 30 years. Uh, I would just be like, take me to Diarrhea Depot, please. <laughs> and they're like, uh. and then you're like, wait, I'm already there. <laughs> and they're like, uh. well, too late. You tell them too late. <laughs> Never mind. The train has already Mercy left the station. <laughs> so, Will, this has been so much fun. And it's, we're at that time where it's time for Pop of the Week. <laughs> so, who's your Popo? Well, uh, it's my son, Alex, when he was in kindergarten. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's now at Emily Carr. He's now at university, but he's still a cute kid. But when he was in, in, uh, in the kindergarten, and I, can I tell you a, a story about him? Yeah, of course. Uh, just what a sweet, he was such a sweet kid. He was just, and my wife and I are both kind of cynical, awful people. I don't know where he came from the fairies or something. We don't know where this kid <laughs> he came, came to from. help you. Yes. And so we were in Calgary. We were living in a, a, a really cramped uh, apartment and we were looking for a house. We were looking for a place. And at that time it was hard to find a place in Calgary. It wasn't Vancouver bad, but it was hard. And we'd been looking and he was in kindergarten. We would pick him up at school every day. And we finally found a house. That I th- have you been to our place? I don't think so. Anyway, it's up by in Garrison Woods. It's a nice little neighborhood. Great place to raise a kid. We finally found a house. So we picked him up at school that day. And we're like, get in, Alex, get in. He's like, yeah, we got a house. Yay, we got a house. Because he knew we were looking. <laughs> and I pull into an alleyway to turn around. Just to turn around and then go up the hill to this nice little. And I pull up behind this. It's Now, you should understand it's a garage. It's all broken down. But it looks like a house. Right? It looks like a house. And it's all broken and you know, someone's old garage. And I pull up and I without thinking, I look at Terry and we both kind of smile. I go, There you go, son, what do you think? And he goes, and he gets all kind of sad. He's like, I'm like, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's not your house. And he goes, Yeah, I know you're kidding, but you shouldn't say that. That's somebody's home. Somebody lives there. Oh, <laughs> what a nice And I person. drove and I, I got smaller and smaller as I was driving up. <laughs> and Jeremy was all quiet. We were just like, Oh no. Oh my God. Because he knew we were kidding, but he thought that's someone's house and we're laughing at it, you know. And uh, what a, so I thought, a wonderful human. There's more people like him. I yeah. felt Terry and I just felt horrible driving up. <laughs> then we're like, "Here's our real house." <laughs> kind of dampened the mood. He's like, so anyway. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so that's my that's my sweetest. And what he's a like five boy. or four. Or he's like five years old. Like he, wow. I thought he was sad because he thought that's his house. No, he knew that wasn't our house. He knew I was joking. You can't he was sad because he thought all over his eyes. Yeah, he thought I was mocking somebody's home, which it was just a garage. Like we, you know, but he didn't know that. He's well, like some goblins live there. Yeah, it's <laughs> he's like, like somebody's home. goblins are people too. Yeah, mom and dad. <laughs> true. That was something like when I can't remember. It was my friend Mita who uh, is very smart. Uh, we were talking about something one day and there's this, this hacky comedians always make fun of like the shitty town, you know, like here when I started doing stand up was a place called Surrey, which is like a huge city with, you know, fairly l- large crime component and some real serious social issues. But it's also 
where like a million people live. Mm -hmm. So it's not okay to just shit on where people live and where people come from. And to get an easy laugh. So yeah, I really kept that in mind. Like I learned that lesson and keep it in mind when people are making fun of places just for being places. Mm -hmm. Um, This is of course excluded when I see like a guy on a long board smoking a cigarette acting like a dick and I'll point to my friend and be like, that's your boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, what a lovely story. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Total papo. I don't know where he came from though, that kid. He's not, he's not from my DNA line. He's a changeling. Yes, he's a changeling. I don't know. I think some people just are experiencing the world differently. Yeah. Jessica, who's your puppo? My puppo. I have two puppos. All right. One, I want to give a shout out to Ron, who I met last night at the show I played in Abbotsford. Speaking of suburbs, um, Abbotsford is like an hour away from Vancouver, hour mm-hmm. and a half, depending on traffic. And after we played the show, it was this really fun all ages show. After we played, this older guy came up to us and like older as in like in his 60s, okay. um, came up to us and was like, that was a really great set. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then he was like, also, I'm a big fan of Retail Nightmares. And no I was way. like, oh, cool. And so he said he got into it through his daughter. And she was like, oh, dad, you got to check this out. And now he's like, I listen to the episodes before she even does. <laughs> uh, and he was telling me his Retail Nightmares and he was super funny. And then he's like, sorry, my wife didn't want me to come up and talk to you. And she was standing like a few <laughs> feet back with her arms crossed being like, I don't want him to bother you. And we were like, you're the only person who's talked to us at the show. So I am <laughs> loving it. Actually, no, someone else's mom talked to us. And was like, did I see you on late night TV? Are you famous? And we're like, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, But so Ron was very sweet. uh, And uh, he was actually the dad of two of the guys in a band we were playing with. And I didn't even realize I was I made a fool of myself at that show because someone came up to us after our set and was like hey that was a really great set and I was like thanks for coming out. And then he was in the next band and I was like (laughs) what? Sorry. Um, so I'd never done that before. And then my other puppo is this cat named Monroe who has no tail, who, uh, is so cute and like, looks like an alien from another world and lives sort of near the Toys R Us on Broadway. And Jay and I have encountered Monroe once before, but this time we were walking to this dinner, this like going away dinner that my boss was hosting for me. And we left five minutes late and it was like about an hour and 10 minute walk to get down to this restaurant. And we're like, okay, we got to make up this time. Like we got to be fast. And then we saw Monroe and we're like, we can't not pet Monroe. (laughs) So cute. I just love this cat. It's so friendly. It sees you coming from half a block away and like runs up to you and immediately just like smashes its little butt into you with no tail. And it sort of has like a little tuft of fluff where the tail should be. And it sort of just like wiggles it. And I love this cat. Sounds like a real nice cat. Yeah. It's a, uh, I, I don't know if I've talked about it before on the podcast, but I'll probably talk about it again. <laughs> I think it's the first mention of Monroe. Yeah. Well, and I, I would can, remember a cat like Monroe. Yeah. It's a very, it's sort of like that color where you're like, what color is this cat? It's sort of like gray, sort of like yellowy, black, white, like every color. It's just like a technicolor dream coat of a cat. Who's your pup? Oh. My pup was Hank. Uh, he's great. He's like so full of life and love these days. And he had a bath when he really needed one the other day. And I felt like we were like, he really needed one. He can get really dirty when he's less fluffy. So, um, this morning I woke up around five and took him outside and we have a whole thing where it's too dark for me to take him for walks. So he just pees on the front lawn and then we go inside and then we sleep a bit longer. 
And I woke up and he had, he had been sleeping just stretched out, like completely stretched out as like his full length. And I just said to myself, I love my dog. I went mm. back to sleep. Oh, <laughs> I just love my dog. That's nice. Um, Yeah. Hank's a sweetie. He's a sweetie. And I really. I've seen he's a star on Twitter. He is a star on Twitter. He's a big deal on Twitter. Does he have his own Twitter account by this point? Oh my I think he might. I might start an Instagram account for him and just close down so. my Instagram account. Oh, yeah. Because I'm really just post hang pictures. You've been posting some great pics lately. You posted one with his tongue sticking out. This he, is a new thing where he does a smile. Yeah. He's like often smiling with his like tongue hanging out. And it's like. Very cute. Yeah. He's really cute dog. <laughs> like when people don't. I don't think people understand how cute Hank is sometimes until they, <laughs> they see him in person. They're like, wow. Would you say not? devastatingly cute? He is devastatingly yeah, cute. it's true. And he, he he makes people feel, yeah, he engages a lot with people. He very rarely lets someone walk by without no, like acknowledging them. So yeah. he's a special dog. He's social. Yeah. So, Will, if people want to find your books, uh, now you have your own website. What is it? Because uh, you're not on Twitter and you're not on I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on any the of that. WillFerguson.ca.com? dot com dot com <laughs> my my son this uh, Alex set it up so it's a uh, it'll be willferguson dot ca or com there's not many of us so <laughs> I'll look it up I'll look it up I have it on my phone too I think it's dot com it's dot com definitely <laughs> I think it redirects or something if you do oh good you you bought both your son was smart something yeah it's willferguson dot ca okay dot ca and um you have oh, a this new, is right plug stuff this is, you have a <laughs> yes. new book and it's called the shoe on the roof Yes, it's a novel. It's yeah, it's out in. It's uh, you can get it at uh, Book Warehouse on Broadway and Chapters and Indigos anywhere you like. Wonderful, Um, Jessica. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, Well, this is going to be our Halloween episode. Oh, it's (laughs) so scary. It's going to be very scary. Um, So I guess look at my horror film blog, sexualintimidationdemon.tumblr.com. It is not a a current title. I don't know why I called it that. No. Ever. It's not I thought a, of it a few times this week when I wasn't thinking about anything else. And it's like, I'm like, oh. Ah. I don't get a different type of clientele. I don't know what it means. Yeah, I get followed by some porn bots, I think. Right. But no one uses Tumblr anymore. It's just an archive for me to talk about. I just found out about Tumblr. Really? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so it was fun. one of the better ones for sure. Uh, I yeah. just found yeah. out about it. I mean, you missed out on a lot, but that one was one of the better, it more fun ones. It got sort of taken over by like or replaced by Instagram for yeah. sure because it's just oh, like I'm a visual, visual Tumblr is a lot more work than Instagram yeah Tumblr the layout is not as mm-hmm. like aesthetically pleasing or like user friendly but uh, it's just what where I go to uh, write about a new horror film that I haven't seen before for every day of October I just That's watched um, Final Destination 5 you were talking about uh, being in West Van and compu- commuting across the bridge it's great if you have ever driven across the uh, Lionsgate Bridge because you get to see it get destroyed twice in that movie <laughs> oh, really? yeah and I just finished a job where I was having to commute to North Van like almost weekly and so getting to see that bridge uh, just completely collapse was quite entertaining and cathartic to me. <laughs> it's like watching Godzilla stomp on. Yeah. Something. When I was living in Japan, there was uh, Godzilla used to always destroy Osaka and Himeji and Tokyo, and they had a petition in Kumamoto City for him <laughs> to destroy Kumamoto. <laughs> and when they announced that he was going to come and destroy their castle, everybody was so happy. They were like, so <laughs> Godzilla exciting. came and stomped on Kumamoto City, and everyone was very happy. It means you finally made it. Yes, you've made it. If, if Godzilla shows up, 
That's awesome. So, oh, I want Godzilla to destroy science worlds. That'd be great. You could kick it like yeah. a giant ball. Yeah. Like a soccer ball. Right into the water. Yeah. Or like kick it over the bridges or like bowl down the oh. bridges. Oh, yeah. And like everyone like running to get out of the way. Yeah. I would have an ice cream and I would manage to save the ice cream <laughs> and be like so happy. And then it would, it would roll back a bit and crush me. But the ice but cream the ice would be fine. fine. You would be the comedic cutaway. You yeah. Would be the comedic cutaway <laughs> it would, I definitely, because I'm almost always holding ice cream. It You're would be, the, the punch up. I either always have pastry on me or ice cream, like in a bag or. <laughs> Just a bag of melted ice cream. You're like, like, I'm here for I the go party. Home yet? <laughs> um, we have the podcast festival coming up. Yeah. Uh, we're November 10th with This Sounds Serious. And please buy tickets to see it. There's limited seating and we don't, this will be only be our second live show. Yeah. I will have great guests and it's an honor to be part of it. Um, if you want to come to come draw with me, the December show uh, tickets are for sale, but yeah, they're probably <laughs> going to be sold out. So if you didn't get them, I'm sorry. It's a limited amount of people. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. That's everything. If you like our podcast, you can donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash retail nightmares, or you can give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, five stars only, please. We love you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Have a great week, everyone. And be kind. Yeah. Thank you so much. And for don't put up with guest. any bullshit at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Ooh. 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 Ooh.